Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome back to the Cyber Law Revolution podcast. I'm your host, Spencer Pollack, cybersecurity, privacy, data protection attorney at McDonald Hopkins. As always, keep the questions, calls, comments coming, 410-917-5189, or email me at spollock, that's S as in Sam, P as in Paul, O-L-L-O-C-K, at mcdonaldhopkins.com. So today, let's dive into the uh, FBI, Interpol, international takedown of Lockbit and their website. Um, So earlier on this week, the FBI, I'm just going to say, when I say the FBI, I mean the global task force. They called it Operation uh, Kronos, um, took down Lockbit's website. And uh, Lockbit actually came out afterwards, admitted that they were being lazy, that they forgot to patch their website, which allowed the FBI to exploit a backdoor and seize control of the website, uh, a lot of the data that Lockbit has stolen and the decryption keys that they stole. So let's kind of break this down because it's pretty important. All right, this goes to the theme that we've been seeing where the large groups are being targeted, uh, especially the high profile ones, right? It started with uh, the Contis of the world, the Revils, uh, Hives, Karakurts, where the FBI and its global partners are really honing in on these more high-profile groups um, and going after them. And why it's important is it just really shows us that you can go after these groups, you can try to take their websites down and really infiltrate them. Um, You know, it's interesting because the problem, though, with this is we we live in this world of a pirate code almost, right? The pirate code is that these are corporations. Lockbit is a corporation. We know that they have a CEO of their corporation. We know that when affiliates sign up, they sign, they agree to rules. And it sounds so silly, but the rules are, you know, the 80-20 split when they get a ransom bounty. 80% stays with the affiliate. 20% goes back to the mothership of Lockbit. But they also have to give the key back to the organization and they have to uh, ensure the data is deleted. Now that we actually know it's deleted, no. Um, But it's a reputational aspect, right? If the keys don't work, people in this industry talk. If they renege on their agreement and they leak data, people in this industry talk and people don't get paid. So it gives a certain level of control when you have the mothership, you know, oversighting them. And the mothership also will end up outing these groups who fail to follow the rules. So now what happens when you lose the mothership is you get a lot of fringe groups using these malware without any rules. And it makes people in my position really uncomfortable uh, because these are unknown entities. I mean, if you think about fringe groups with no rules, no boundaries, nobody to enforce it, then how do we confirm any of it? How do we know? How do we know that they're actually going to go through with it? And a lot of times when you need the key, especially to decrypt, it's a little scary when you don't have those mechanisms in place to enforce agreements to the best of your ability. That being said, it's a good thing. It's a good thing when we take these groups down. Um, I mean, it's really just the web page, though, and it's getting the keys because a couple of days later, Lockbit relaunched a new web page and likely will has already stated he's going to continue. Um, I say he, because if you read his 
long diatribe, uh, a long essay of the after effects of this. It seems to be apparent that it is a he. Um, but it's good, right? We also get the keys, the keys that hopefully are able to help people, help victims if they still need to get decrypted. The problem is, as my clients have been seeing, it's a backlog. There is a backlog, understandably. And the FBI is trying to sort through it to get keys out to people. You know, when Hive happened, I saw it, you know, the FBI was reaching out six to eight months later after my clients, you know, had to rebuild from the ground up. So it's we temper expectations. We hope that we get the keys early on so we can get decrypted so we can actually see the impact and get people back up and running quicker, but we temper expectations. The other interesting part is when Lockpit comes out and says they got lazy, their words, uh, that they got lazy and that they didn't patch their server. So it shows you and that that was exploited. So that shows you it's not just the good guys and the corporations and you know authorities, governments, who are forgetting that are left vulnerable when they forget to patch. It's the bad guys too. And so what does this really tell us? You need to have good policies, procedures, and protocols in place, no matter if you're a good guy or a bad guy. And you need to be making sure, especially on the patching. Patching will leave you very vulnerable, as we can see. But it goes back to the policies, procedures, protocols, the administrative safeguards, and the technical safeguards. Because if Lockbit hadn't been lazy, this wouldn't have happened. And they still would have been operating fully with all these keys and all that data. So it goes back to what we've talked about for four years. Prepare, prepare, prepare. To prepare, you need the administrative, the policy procedures, protocols, all those in place. And you need the technical side, the technical safeguards. Um, and you need to have the right people in place helping you do this. So everyone out there, keep up the good work. Um, it's always an interesting realm we live in in the cyber and privacy side. And as always, keep the questions, calls, comments coming, 410-917-5189, or email me at spollock at mcdonaldhopkins.com. Everybody have a great morning, great afternoon, or great evening, and we'll see you on the next one.